You asked about the Mariners' third base situation beyond 2023, if Julio Rodriguez could win MVP next year, how we feel about J.P. Crawford moving forward, and a whole lot more. We're going to answer everything here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, November 21st, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. It's Mailbag Monday here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. We asked our YouTube subscribers to submit some questions for today's show and we're going to get to a few of them over the next 30 or so minutes we may also get to any leftover questions on thursday's episode which we're planning on recording ahead of time tomorrow but uh before we get into today's questions colby we're running a uh, little bit of a giveaway let's remind the folks or anyone who's new to our show what we got going on yeah, so um, we're doing giveaways between now and the end of the winter meetings, which I believe end on December 8th. Um, basically, in- entry is very simple. Uh, you just need to subscribe to this channel and also uh, follow us on our Twitter, LO underscore Mariners on Twitter. Um, we've already get we've already uh, passed two tiers here, so somebody's going to win a Taylor Dollar autograph card, which is right here. Nice card. Um, somebody's also going to win this Taylor Trammell autograph card right there. So next up, we have two that are kind of running simultaneously. Um, it looks like we're probably going to hit 5,000 before the uh, the deadline, which is our next you know uh, goal to hit is 5,000 YouTube subs. Uh, if we get to 5,000 YouTube subs, uh, we will give away this Cal Raleigh autograph card. Nice looking card. Um, <clears throat> if we get to 5,000 uh youtube subs and 3000 twitter subs we're at 2699 right now on twitter um as of this recording so we're a little bit of ways there but we'll give away this really cool jared kelnick autograph card it's numbered i think this is the coolest looking card we're giving away personally um it's yeah. a really cool looking card um so yeah that's kind of what's up next um if if you guys go crazy over the next month and add like another 2000 subs or something like that. We'll give away this Mike Cameron autograph card. Uh, it's a really cool card as well. And Hey, if you guys want to go absolutely nuts and, and spam us to 10,000, uh, in the next two weeks, which, okay. Uh, I will unfortunately have to give away one of my prized possessions. This is a graded Logan Gilbert autograph card. Beckett graded 9.5 you know, for a condition. The autograph is a perfect 10. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what we're doing here. Uh, you know, it looks we're definitely giving away two cards. It looks like I'll probably uh, have to give away the Cal Raleigh, and then we'll see on um, Kelnick and uh, Cameron and all that stuff. So, yeah. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, Colby actually misspoke. We the goal for uh, the Kelnick card is forty five hundred YouTube subscribers, which we've already surpassed. Then three thousand uh, Twitter uh, okay. followers. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we are. I don't know, like 300-ish followers yep. on Twitter away from that goal. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Just head on over there. Give us a follow. Give us a 3,000. And then um, how we're picking the winners is just through our uh, 
our YouTube subscriber list. So all you have to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel to enter. All right, let's get into these questions. We got about eight of them that we're going to get into on today's show. Let's start with Brett Stout. He says, not with our roster the way it is currently constructed, but with this offseason going exactly how you want it to go, what is your ideal starting nine lineup? Julio, Teo, and Trey Turner, top three in opening day lineup. So basically, like, what is our dream lineup after the end of this offseason? I think I agree with Brett that our dream lineup you know, if we're if we're daring to dream here, would include Trey Turner. So, how would we construct that lineup, Colby? Turner, Julio, Teoscar, Otani, Judge, like. <laughs> All right, dr- dream I, within reality. I guess I don't. That's know. not that's what a, dreams are, though. Guys, yeah, yeah, that's, so. that's a, that's yeah, a contradiction in itself. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of like the dream lineup questions because I don't know. Um, like, do you mean like realistic? It's, it's semantics really, but like, yeah, Turner obviously would be great. Um, in that situation, you don't get Wong or Torres. So, uh, they're out. So you're probably looking at something like, uh, you're probably looking at like Julio, uh, or Turner, Julio, Teoscar, um, probably Cal, Raleigh. Uh, Cal, Cal hitting cleanup. All right. I like it. I mean, like, where's the lefty thump going to come from? Yeah, true. Yeah. So you, I don't think Scott's going to want to run five righties in a row. So mm-hmm. um, Raleigh hitting four, Gino five, uh, I guess Ty France six. Yeah. Um, and then seven is probably Winker DHing. Um, okay. And then that would make eight would be whoever's in right field. So pick a pick a guy, pick a guy. Yeah, I like Max Kepler personally. Yeah, um, yep. But if you want a little more upside there, then I mean, I guess the dream off season would be Brandon Nimmo. But again. But uh, I'll, I'll just say uh, you're probably not getting both Trey Turner and Brandon. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no. I'll, I'll just say uh, Max Kepler and then J.P. Crawford. All right, yeah, yeah, that's about where I'd have it too. And and for me, the other corner guy would also be Max Kepler. So we're we're pretty much in line there. Especially like, you know, you're gonna have to balance out the lefties somehow. You know, Scott Service would is going to do that, right? He he loves handedness, as we all know. So even though that he uh, kind of deterred away from that, you know, towards the end there, especially in the postseason. I, I think once we get back into the regular season, get back into the regular swing of things, it's going to be a little bit more of a balanced lineup, as as balanced as he can make it. They're always looking to add a, add a left-handed element. So, <laughs> the left-handed element. Yep, Jerry Depoto's favorite saying. All right, let's uh, let's move on here to our next question. Comes from uh, Riley, who uh, who asks. Uh, it's actually a two-part question. Uh, the first part is, do you believe the Mariners will favor pitchers or position players during the draft, or will it be an evenish mix of both? Uh, we'll get to the second part in just a moment. Uh, so this, I mean, it's so far away. So the draft, I mean, the draft isn't until mid-July in Seattle, by the way. You can actually attend that if you want to go, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Uh, is this, that confirmed? Uh, this upcoming summer, I believe uh, you'll be able to attend. I mean, like it's going to be a part of the All Star festivities. That's it's been a yeah, part of the All Star festivities they, for the last couple of years. Did they do that in in LA? LA, yeah, last they, year? 
Yeah, they did it in okay. LA, and they had okay. people there. Yeah, they had I don't, people there. I don't watch the draft. It's a pretty <laughs> yeah, boring yeah. production. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to lie. It's a boring production. But I would go if I was there, though. That's yeah, kind no, of I would do some, sure. Yeah, sure. So maybe just like duck my head in there for a couple hours or whatever. I might not stay for yeah. the whole thing, right? But like, yeah. Um, so in terms of strategy, worlds. yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't we won't we'll go down that rabbit that. hole. I, I have I have some things to say about that, but I, I won't I won't I'll refrain from that. Uh, so it's it's too early to to really say about strategy. I think the more interesting conversation to have here, though, is uh, prep players or, or college players, right? Because the the trend for the Mariners for a while there was college players uh, in in the early rounds, particularly college arms. And uh, but for the last couple of years, they've they bucked that trend with. Uh, with uh, prep players with Harry Ford, Cole Young. So do they continue to buck that trend? And now they're kind of starting uh, another trend here with, with prep guys. How does that kind of work out? And um, how does the, uh, the second additional, you know, first round pick basically that they got from Julio winning rookie of the year kind of factor into that as well. And that kind of ties into the second part of Riley's question, which is uh, curious to see what they do with the bonus pick from Julio's rookie of the year. Would that extra first round pick make them more willing to sign a qualified offer uh, free agent and lose a comp uh, B pick? So, uh, does that really have any impact on on how the Mariners approach free agency, Colby? No. Um, basically, the Mariners there there's a, a formula that you use. You basically have to qualify for revenue sharing, but you have to have a payroll like blah blah blah. Like there's a lot that goes into it. Basically, the Mariners will never give up higher than their third, whatever their third highest pick is. Um, but we learned last year that comp round picks are not eligible to be taken away. Um, so if the Mariners do get a comp round B pick again this year, which I think a lot of us are expecting, uh, that would not be taken away. So it would be their third round pick um, uh, because uh, I, I don't believe they would punish the rookie of the year team by taking away their second round pick uh, yeah. because that discourages, again, the that discourages calling up your rookies early and also discourages spending, which I don't think they want to do. So I, I believe that if they sign a qualified offer guy, it would be their third round pick. Um, and then anybody else they sign who happens to be a qualifying offer, that would be their fourth round pick and, and so on and so forth. So uh, no, I, I don't think that's going to be a factor at all. Um, again, the, the major league baseball has at least last year, uh, if they went by the letter of the law, the Mariners third pick that they should have lost for signing Robbie Ray would be the comp round B pick, but they made that pick. They took away their third round pick instead. So I can't imagine that they would count the rookie of the year bonus pick as something that could hurt as their the second team. pick. Yeah. Right. As their second yeah. pick. And where, it's a bonus which pick, would like make the their, their second pick. round. Yeah. Which would in yeah. turn make their second round pick their third pick. Yeah. I yeah. think it would end up still being their third round pick. That would be a question, though, to to ask Joe Doyle. He would probably uh, have better information on that than than us. All right, so we got more questions coming up here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts 
You're listening to Mailbag Monday here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Our next question comes from Troy. Thoughts on J.P. Crawford? He was a T-Mobile favorite, but maybe he had a rough year. Colby has the numbers, I'm sure, but I just always get a good vibe from him uh, and would like to see him on the team. So, Colby, what are your thoughts on J.P. Crawford? I also get a good vibe from myself, and I think I would be a good fit on that team. That's that's how I read the question. Um, J.P. Crawford's a, a good, not great player. Um, he's a good, not great shortstop. He's about a league average bat. Um, and we're at the stage now where like that's who he is. Like he's not gonna magically get 20 home run power. He's not magically gonna hit 320, you know, one year. Like that's just not gonna happen. He's gonna hit around 250. He's gonna get on base at a, about a little bit above league average clip, probably around 330, and he's gonna slug under 400. Like that's just who he is. He's gonna give you, you know, above average, I would say above average shortstop defense, probably be really good at second base. That's just who he is. So there's definitely a fit for J.P. Crawford on this team, but he's not good enough that he prevents you from doing anything, including, by the way, if you sign like Carlos Correa and you still want to make the Colton Wong trade, you should still do that because Colton Wong is a better, you know, he's a better player than than J.P. Crawford at second base, at least. So, um, yeah, Crawford's a good player. There's definitely a role for him here. He's definitely, you know, a, a guy that uh, fits really well in the Mariners clubhouse. You know, he, he's he's a... He's on the leadership council. I don't know if they actually have that, but he's definitely up there. He's well-respected in that clubhouse. So definitely a role. Uh, it's just the Mariners aren't going to let his presence prevent them from doing anything. He's not that good, but they yeah. paid him and, uh, and he's an important player. So I'd be, I'd be shocked if he wasn't, you know, in the opening day lineup, barring health and, and hopefully hitting ninth. Uh, I think that's where he belongs. Yeah. By all accounts, great clubhouse guy solid player who can get hot at times yeah. especially offensively mm-hmm. and it's kind of inexplicable because that swing is awful still it's terrible what? it's not conducive to offensive success no. but sometimes it just it gets streaky <laughs> one one month a year he'll hit 350 with like a four 480 uh slugging and you're like Oh, is this the is, is this you know has he broken <laughs> he out? He was one of the best hitters in all no. of baseball in in the month yeah. of April. Like it was crazy. Yeah. And it was like and then yeah yeah and then it completely took a crash pretty hard here. to get to the median. But and yeah. there the, and then there will be moments where he hits a home run off of Justin Verlander in the playoffs, yeah. and it's like okay, where did that come from? <laughs> but uh, overall, player. you know, yeah, he's a good player, uh, great clubhouse guy. Like I said, you know, great for the vibes and everything. Just good culture builder, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say you can win a World Series with J.P. Crawford in your starting lineup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree he's good. Yeah, he's a solid number nine hitter uh, with good defense. Uh, I think the defense will play up uh, even better at, at second base. I mean, we got to see it. We got to see well, it. But, yeah, like happens. if – yeah, if that happens. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty good base runner. Like not, not a good base stealer despite what Dave Simpson wants him to be. <laughs> he's, he's never going to steal bases, but he's a good base runner. You know, he cuts the bases yeah. well. He runs pretty well. So, And, you know, I think it's worth noting this year he was dealing with a couple of injuries. So um, yep. that might explain a few of his struggles in the later uh, part of the season. Yep. Good note there. All right. Next question comes from Cody Wong, not to be confused with Colton Wong. 2024 third baseman. Is Suarez worth any kind of extension, or we, or are we looking at free agency? Well, Eugenio Suarez is still under control for 2024 and even 2025. He has a club option for 15 million dollars, which, if he performs the way that he did this year, 
15 million dollars for that kind of player is a steal <laughs> relative mm-hmm. to the rest of the market uh so i think gino is your third baseman of the future until he gives you a reason to say otherwise right yeah i mean the one thing you don't want to do in in a situation like this uh you don't don't you know don't go chasing waterfalls you just kind of want to you know you don't want to advance too far ahead of where you're Basically, trying to project more than a year out is it's a fool's errand because we don't know who's going to come into the organization. We don't know who's going to break out. Uh, could Axel Sanchez be, you know, the the opening day third baseman in 2025? Sure, it's possible. But what if the Mariners go and acquire Nolan Arenado or, or whatever? You know what I mean? So you don't want to to think too far ahead. Basically, you want to think one year in advance. So right now, Eugenio Suarez definitely the third baseman entering next year we'll see how he does uh this this season and then we'll go ahead and we'll and we'll reassess next offseason you really can't think too far ahead so don't worry about you know oh like the mariners don't have an in-house option at third base well not yet at least not one that we can see but there could be one that develops the mariners could acquire one um or they could just you know head to free agency or trade market so don't worry about who's the Mm -hmm. third baseman in 2025 um or even 2024 worry about 2023 Hey, Eugenio Suarez is is probably yeah. your guy, um, and just just be happy with that. And then we'll reassess next year. It's it's you know the whole like when like Baseball America tries to do the whole like, hey, here's what the Mariners lineup will look like in 2027, and it's just a bunch of in-house guys. That's a worthless exercise because that that never happens. So right. don't worry about it. Uh, Gino's the guy for this year, and and if I had to guess, I would say probably also for 2024. That would just be my guess. Yeah, if they land Carlos Correa this offseason, then Correa is probably that guy because yeah, everyone Xander. believes or Xander, right? Everyone believes that that you know Correa is eventually going to land at third base uh, at some point in his career, and so yeah, th- that's really as far as I can think right now in terms of other guys that they could potentially add that would uh, fit in there right now. Um, but yeah, for now. No, it's it's Gino. Gino's the guy, and he's giving you every reason to uh, to him for now. So, all right, we got more questions coming up. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security. If you've thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you want to listen up right now. Locked On Mariners listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Here's why I love it: in an emergency, twenty-four-seven professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real, so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is whole home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 per day. That's less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With the top-rated Simply Safe app, stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, or adjust system settings. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB there's no safe like simply safe all righty we've got four more questions left but 
each of uh, each of these kind of leads into the other, uh, or at least one leads into the next one, and then we have another one that's kind of the same. So this one comes from Joe. Would you guys rather keep Jesse Winker this offseason or trade him and sign Mitch Hanniger as your fourth outfielder slash DH? This is assuming you pick up another outfielder like, hey, Max Kepler. Uh, so for me in this situation, I would rather just Winker. You already got him on the books. You already know what you have there, kind of. Uh, he's coming off of uh, two really significant injuries because of the money, because of the uh, uh, of the uh, injuries and surgeries that he's had. Um, you're not going to get really anything for him on the market. I don't think the the interest in him is going to be very very low. And so, like, is it really worth it? Like, it's probably more worth it to you to just see what you have see if he can actually bounce back because i mean jesse winker before last year pretty good hitter <laughs> pretty pretty dang good hitter uh i mean like in 2021 he was a top 10 hitter in all of baseball by wrc plus so if he can just give you like half of that it's a really good player to have even if you're just rotating him in at dh i wouldn't consider him to be a fourth outfielder though i'm giving him a first base club and he's being a first base slash dh for me He's the Carlos Santana replacement, if there is one, right? That's how I would like to view Jesse Winker at the end of this offseason, if possible. How do you feel? So the, so basically it's would you – basically the question is we're, we're going to acquire Kepler. So would you rather have Winker or Hanniger? Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. Uh, first and foremost, I would just say I, I really – I don't want no scrubs in the outfield. So uh, Winker or Hanniger – uh, being in the outfield, not ideal. Uh, and it's a little, it's a little tough to say, you know, which, which side you would choose because we don't like what, what does Hanniger cost you to bring back and what can you get for Jesse Winker? Those are two pretty big factors. Uh, Hanniger's agent is making it seem like he has this big market and maybe he does. I don't know. Um, but you know, if, if a team is offering him three guaranteed years, then the Mariners should be completely out on that. So in that case, you're keeping Winker. So, um, I think Winker fits on this team for a, unless so here, here's basically it, right? Like because we're looking at these two guys for the same role, because for me, if you're signing Kepler, my outfield is Teoscar, Julio and Kepler. Yeah. Not every day, but that's pretty much your everyday outfield. And then you rotate that's your the guys regular outfield. DH. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you yeah. rotate them all through DH and all that stuff. So in that scenario, if it's just a DH, I would rather have Winker. I think I just trust him to stay healthy a little bit more. And I think the bat will rebound to some degree. Um, but if the Mariners go out and they sign somebody like uh, Masataka Yoshida, who they've apparently very interested in, and I think that's mm -hmm. I think that is a, a priority of theirs is to try and land him, then a guy like Winker doesn't make any sense really on this roster. So, uh, but then Tanaka's probably your DH, so neither of them makes sense. So I think Seattle is willing to go with a primary DH who can play the outfield twice a week, which I think is like their ultimate goal. Yeah. So I think their priority one is going to be Tanaka. I think their second. I Tanaka. think their second choice. Or Masahiro sorry, Tanaka. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Masahiro Masataka. Uh, Yoshida. I think Yoshida is their first choice to kind of fill that role. I think Winker is actually their second because he's already here, right? And then I think yeah. Kaniger is like their third. And and I don't know. I feel like I feel like Mitch is going to get one more year than the Mariners are are going to be you know happy with. So me yeah. personally. I'd probably like if it's just those two and Kepler's my other guy. I had to choose between one of those two. I 
probably Winker because I, I think he's likelier to be healthy, and I don't think that the small defensive upgrade you get from Hanniger makes up for the the huge issues you have with Hanniger's health. So I would probably say Winker. Well, and the thing too, right, is like Mitch is going to cost more money on top of the money that you might end up having to eat to trade Winker. Because like I don't know if any team is going to be willing to take on all $8 million and, and then actually give you something kind of interesting for him. Like that's maybe. not going... Like maybe I just... Uh, I don't know. Not it's, zero. it's hard to see. It's hard to see with the surgeries and the one year of club control and the awful defense and all that stuff. There's just a lot that's working against you when it comes to, to Winker's value. Um, yeah. but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but you gotta, but then on top of that, you got to factor in that you might have to make a multi-year commitment to Mitch in order to bring him back to Seattle because we're seeing a lot of reports and maybe some of this is just Mitch's agent leaking this. Uh, but we're seeing reports that the Dodgers are in interested in him, that the giants are interested in him, that the Rangers are interested in him, that the angels are interested in him. There's a lot of teams that are in his market. And I think, you know, I tweeted this earlier today that I think we're getting to a point now where, his market is getting to a place where the Mariners just shouldn't feel comfortable going. It's it's kind of interesting to me that like all those teams are West Coast or, or Middle America. Mm-hmm. No team in the East is interested. I don't know. Um, it sounds like Mitch maybe wants to stay on the West Coast. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe this is more agent driven. I, I don't doubt he has other interests, but I, I think if he had gotten an offer that he really likes, he would have signed by now. So Sure. Sure. I, I just think though, like if it's gonna take three years, uh, and you know, and thirteen million dollars a year, I don't really like care that, what the AAV is. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, compared to one year of Winker, just to take a shot on Winker, I'm taking Winker. And by the way, fourth outfielder, that guy's name is Sam Haggerty. That guy's name is Dylan Moore. That guy's name is Cade Marlowe. That guy's name is Jared yeah. Kelnick. Maybe like I. Yeah, I have other options there, and I can have Winker just be my first base slash DH type. I'm just going with that. Really, all right. You really don't believe in Jesse Winker as a first baseman. <laughs> I just I don't think it's like as easy as flipping a switch. So no, I I don't th- I don't think so either. But I mean, they did I, try it, right? Didn't weren't there reports I, that like they gave him a look, first base glove and he was like doing it we, pregame? We got to get to more questions, but like, yeah. I just if I if Jesse Winker is going to put as much effort into learning first base as he did into playing left field, true. I'd rather just have him DH. So. True, true, true. Very true. I think also, you know, uh, going off of that as well, like uh, you can afford to have Winker just be the primary DH and not even really worry about him playing in the field at all. I think there's a path to doing that. Uh, our next question also has to deal with Winker, and I think we basically already answered this, but... Uh, Taylor says, uh, Jesse, uh, how, how likely do you guys think it is that uh, Jesse Winker is on the opening day roster this season uh, and uh, Winker has a major bounce back season this year? Uh, I don't know if he'll have a, a major bounce back. I think there's a good chance that he could have a decent bounce back and at least be uh, a little bit you know, closer to average you know i mean like he was basically an average hitter this year but most of that was just driven by walks Walks. i think Mm -hmm. you could see more power though uh him revert back to average in terms of power numbers doubles home runs all that stuff (coughs) excuse me but um i think there's a pretty good chance that he doesn't get traded this offseason again because i just i i really don't know what his market is going to be like i don't know what other teams are going to be willing to offer up for him I don't know if there's a deal where maybe the Mariners attach something to Winker or rather 
Winker gets attached to a deal, you know, mm-hmm. that brings back something interesting. Uh, but right now, if we were just talking about him alone as a standalone, I, I just I don't really see it. I don't really see them getting anything that, that's useful. And I also see them probably having to chip some money in there as well. Yeah, I, I just feel like I think Winker's uh, the odds of Winker get traded are a true 50-50. And, and that, that sounds like a cop out, but that's pretty high uh, when you consider what, you know, the odds of most players to be traded are they're less than, you know, 15%. So I think Winker's a true 50-50. We'll see what Jerry is and, and Justin are willing to do. Um, the one thing we know about Jerry is, uh, you know, uh, he's not too proud to beg. So if he if he can find a deal that he really likes, he'll take it. Um, but if this is just about, you know, money and, and not money, about uh, culture and clubhouse fit and all that stuff, and he just wants to get rid of the player, He'll swallow that and and he'll take what he can get yeah. for the player. He just did it with Kyle Lewis, um, so yep. yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that you know Jerry's gonna take the clubhouse into consideration quite a bit. And right now, Jesse Winker still fits. They go at like uh, Yoshida and Kepler, like we talked about a few minutes ago. He probably doesn't fit. And then at that point, it's just okay. Let's just get what we can for him. Yeah, l- like uh, let's be real about it. Yoshida and Winker cannot coexist on the same roster together. It would be very, very tough because then one of them is in your outfield every day. Yeah. Or on the bench. And, yeah, and you Which, don't want that. And yeah. even though that Teoscar Hernandez is really athletic, not a good defender. <laughs> not not very good at there. A lot better yeah. in left and right. And Jerry yeah. did say that they're open to, you know, either corner, so We'll see. I don't know why he would be better in left than right. Like maybe he just sees the ball off the bat better. I don't know. Or maybe just yeah. a small sample size thing. I don't know. But Yeah. All right. Last couple questions here. Both have to deal with MVP stuff. JH Sports asks, J-Rod for 2023 MVP? Very simple, Colby. Straight to the point. What do you think? It's a good chance. <laughs> There's a good yeah. chance. He just finished seventh. Yeah. Um, ne- next year, you know, obviously now his profile is raised significantly and you wouldn't think that matters, but it absolutely does. Um, I think if the Mariners can, you know, win the division, maybe, you know, take out the Astros, I think that certainly helps. And, and obviously, you know, he has to stay healthy and produce and all that stuff. Um, really the only question about whether or not he produces is whether or not, you know, he can avoid the back and the wrist and all those little small injuries that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, knocked him out for a few weeks and then. I mean, he probably finishes top four or five if he doesn't have that terrible April as well. So, yeah, I think it's a very good bet. Uh, I'd be interested to see what the Vegas odds are right now on that because I feel like Julio would be a, a nice bargain. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's always going to be tough to beat Otani uh, just because, you know, he has that built in. Uh, yeah, he's going to be top three unless he gets hurt. So, uh, but yeah, I think, that's a, I think that's a very realistic. You never want to predict somebody's going to win the MVP because that puts a lot of pressure on the guy. Um, but yeah, Julio can definitely win it next year. Uh, he's, he's that type of uh, player. He's going to have a lot of hype preseason-wise. So yep. if you can get a bargain on him right now in the, the betting world, you probably should take advantage of it because I don't Perhaps think that's going to last long. Hey, there you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, like, you know, leading into spring training and into the regular season, I think we're going to see, you know, Julio's name thrown yeah. around a lot uh, in this conversation. You're probably going to see him on magazine covers and maybe even mm-hmm. an MLB The Show cover. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll see. Uh, probably judge, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the thing, you know, we don't know if Judge is going to stay in the AL. Uh, it's mm-hmm. possible that he stays with the Yankees. For now, Otani is still in the AL. 
Uh, Trout's going to be in the AL. Like, there's still a lot of really good players that he's going to be competing with. So it's not a cakewalk, but I do like his chances. I, I think if Julio, you know, the big thing for Julio is really going to be can he stay healthy this year and can he avoid that month long stretch of uh, struggles that he had to start yeah. this season. Uh, and obviously, he's a much different player than he was in April. So I, I feel good about him being able to do that part. But uh, staying healthy is going to be key for him because he just he wasn't able to. Part of that also not really his fault, right? He got hit on the wrist, all that, whatever. But yeah. the the back stuff also is a little little concerning. But uh, also his first full season playing Major League Baseball, all that stuff. So yeah, we can go on and on and about that. But I I, I feel good about Julio's chances for MVP. Um, so Dorian then. Uh, asked uh do you think any other players on the mariners aside from julio can be slash become mvp caliber colby no not cal raleigh we talked about it a little bit i think he could get like a couple of votes but like mvp caliber versus getting a couple of votes are two completely different things right most valuable players literally the best player in your division or in your league um at least yeah. that's what it's supposed to be. Sometimes they get it wrong, but that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, Cal Raleigh is never going to be a eight win guy, seven win guy, eight win guy. He's like I think Cal Raleigh is going to be you know a four or five win guy. He's going to get a lot of. He's going to be the the leader of the pitching staff and like the team. You hear that big and, dumper? Colby doesn't believe in you. He doesn't think you can be an eight hey man, win guy. <laughs> hey man, may, maybe Cal Raleigh will you know creep creep up on me or something like that but i, I really there don't see i was waiting I, for it <laughs> i really don't see the uh i really don't see that happening so no julio's the only guy unless they go out and get somebody like i, I suppose if they land trey turner i mean obviously he's a guy who could also do it too but uh based on what i think the roster is going to look like and what it does look like right now no julio's the only guy who could win that award yeah uh, it's julio for now now if they add trey turner the answer yep. changes because trey turner is definitely an mvp candidate Honestly, I don't think that answer changes though. If they add like Correa or Bogarts, I don't think that yeah. changes. Yeah, like Turner's yeah. the only. I I, Turner and Judge, I guess, are the only two. Right. But like, Judge isn't signing here. Just stop. <laughs> like, and you know what? Honestly, Trey Turner's not signing here either. But at least there's he a small chance Trey Turner hurt. does. <laughs> at least there's a small chance Trey Turner does sign okay. here. Okay, all right, like, all right. There you go. Zero percent chance Aaron Judge signs here. So no. The answer to the question is no. It's just Julio. But I think you have yeah. like four or five, maybe six potential all-stars already on the roster. So uh, that's disrespect to Sam Haggerty. Sheer disrespect. Ham Swaggerty MVP. Let's go. Cade Marlowe MVP. Let's do it. Let's ride. (laughs) Uh, Real quick side note here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Cade Marlowe is probably the guy I'm going to watch the most in spring training. I'm just really interested to see what the Mariners think about him and, and all that so yeah i'm looking forward to that um but yeah it's you know it uh i think i think that's it we're good we're good right no more questions no more questions that's it like i said uh any leftovers or any ones that come through after we record this uh we might get to on thursday show which we're planning on recording ahead of time uh tomorrow uh, so if you do have uh, more questions, we have a post on our YouTube page. So don't leave them below this video. If you're watching this video, don't leave them below here. 
we won't be checking for for those in in the comments here but we have a post for mailbag questions over just on our general youtube page leave them over there and we might answer them on uh, what is going to be our thanksgiving show uh, and again we're planning on recording that tomorrow and releasing that on thursday and we'll see if you know anything happens between now and then any newsy stuff but it seems like it's probably going to be a quiet for a little while here we'll see though Uh, you never know with jerry depoto justin hollander and company anything can happen at any time especially with the way that they uh they just don't leak though this offseason has been weird with all the leaks even though they're literally only coming from one person john morosi <laughs> so uh but this has been a more is totally suspicious yeah yeah a little little sus uh a little sus not gonna lie but uh yeah that's gonna do our first show Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Uh, be sure to uh, check us out on uh, Twitter as well on our personal accounts at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.